Welcome to Grace River Church, located in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Our mission is to see every generation experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives. We hope you enjoy today's message. In this time of the, the year, here, here's what you're used to hearing. <clears throat> How are you going to celebrate this year? hear that a lot, don't you? How are you going to celebrate? Here's the real question. Who are you going to celebrate? And I say that because over the years, and it's, it's, not, just, it's not just this culture, um, goodness gracious, when the New Testament church was under persecution and continued to expand, and that's when they grow, by the way. We have a tendency to grow under pressure. But the New Testament church found its way and found its new beginnings in... Rome and over time with Constantine became a state religion and it's in that it's in that setting that the celebrations begin to take place because they were trying to replace uh, worldly celebrations with Christian celebrations so little by little it became a part of the culture that we still celebrate today uh, this is not an anti-Christmas message by the way but how many, you don't have to raise your hands on this one, how many understand that sometimes we get so wrapped up in the tinsel and in the stuff that we sort of, if we don't really intentionally pause and focus on Christ, he's just one of our to-do list. And so when we, when we come together, because there's two camps, <clears throat> and I've talked to some of them, there's, there's several that are not here today. And, and I don't uh, debate them over this. I, they just, they told me lovingly, Pastor, I'm not really going to be at church for a few weeks because I just can't do all this Christmas stuff. And I, I said, okay. Um, you know, they, don't, they don't believe that all this stuff should be, we should be a part of it. Well, here's my opinion, and I know you're here today, so I, I'm not trying to force this on you. You know, if, if we're not pointing people to Jesus in this time of the year, when they're celebrating something, we're not going to be celebrating or pointing people to anything. You'll never point people to Jesus in your huddle. On the other hand, if we're not careful, we get so wrapped up in the stuff of it that nobody sees Jesus even through us. Now I say that because as we're entering into this study over the next few weeks, why, why Messiah? Why the Messiah? What, what was the issue with the Messiah? You know that this time of the year is, is known, not just considered, but known as the highest time of the year for depression. The highest time of the year for loneliness. People are more lonely in these next few weeks than the entire year. Depression is almost at its highest in January, not just because the bills start coming in. But it's a new year. And if this past year was like it was, some people don't have hope for a new. And if we do make plans, th this is going to feel discouraging just for a second. I'm sorry. Our New Year's resolutions last, what, six days? So we get our planners out. And we buy them. We buy planners and we buy calendars and 
we put things on the wall and we write stuff out and we put pictures of what we want to have or what we want to look like. Can I get an amen? And we go to those two CrossFit classes and <laughs> we feel hopeless by the end of January. That's why you need a Messiah. That's why if you're only worshiping somewhere, you've missed the point. That's why even when we talk about the baby in a manger, it's not really about a baby in a manger. It's not really about the shepherds, and I'm going to read from this in just a moment out of Luke chapter 2. Because <laughs> there's one, <coughs> excuse me, there's one part of this passage that I just want to look at this morning just to get us launched into this. Because I, I want us just to get the sense of what Christmas really needs to be about. And it's not us. It, it's not, listen, everybody is going to get something for Christmas, relax. Uh, this isn't about us coming up with some new rule of, you know, no Christmas gifts for you this year. You know, Or I know a lot of parents, friends of ours, who have tried to say, well, we're trying to teach our kids so they only get three gifts because the wise men only brought three gifts. Well, the smart kids are going, okay, I'll take the gold, the frankincense and the myrrh, because the Tonka toy is not going to cut it. Right? Here's my point. It's not about legislating toys. It's not about legislating gifts. It's not about even cutting back on, on the decorations. It's about us wholeheartedly realizing who and why and what this is about, that people have no question that we're living it out. Uh, let, let's just read this from chapter 2 of Luke. <clears throat> and just picture in your mind, there's these, I'm not talking about the shepherds a lot this morning, but just picture in your mind these shepherds, the handymen of their day, the rough riders, guys who knew how to get out and camp out with the sheep. They're in their fields, and it says, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now just, just, just for a second, an angel comes and says there's good news. We should be able to close today. And go home and realize God sent an angel. And with the history that we already know, be more excited than you can ever imagine. And I know that emotionally sometimes we have to pull ourselves up and encourage ourselves. But listen, let's just be honest. There's so much of our lives that we sit back. And really instead of Christmas being the time of year that we celebrate Christ, we've turned it into that time of year where we hope we get what we want. But here's what it's become, a lifestyle. Because really, you'll spend the rest of your year hoping you get what you want. That's good. That's good preaching right there. 
you'll spend the rest of your year hoping to get what you want and it comes out in things like this I'm not getting my way I'm not getting the promotion I want my spouse is not what I want well you're not what she wants either because you're trying to get what you want now here's why I'm saying that we think that Christmas is the only time we expect the gift and we want to celebrate the miracle of Christmas but it's, it's, we start having Christmas rather than worshiping him and it, it cuts into our lifestyle guys and it, it, cuts into, it cuts into how we worship him now we're only worshiping him to get something it cuts into how we live for him if it's comfortable I'll go there if it's uncomfortable let me find a better way now here's why I'm saying this when the angel of the Lord came to the shepherds he says I've got good news we're born to you today in the city of David the Savior who is Christ it's important who is Christ the Lord and this will be a sign for you in other words here's how I'm going to prove it there's a baby that's this is huge <laughs> he's telling these shepherds there's going to be born the Savior Christ the Savior of the world Christ the Lord and here's how I'm going to prove it to you there's a baby lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes and so you know the rest of the story these shepherds are excited they're blindsided by this angel they drop everything they're doing and they run to the stable and they worship him. now why is that important why Messiah first of all this this word Christ and Messiah are so much alike when the Bible refers as Jesus the Christ or Christ Jesus he's talking about Jesus the Messiah Jesus the anointed one Jesus the one that they had always talked about and hoped for he's the one Isaiah said it like this in chapter 11 and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord and he shall not judge by what his eye sees nor decide disputes by what his ears hear in other words there's going to be real justice things are going to be made right he says his righteousness shall judge the poor and decide the equity for the meek of the earth he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins listen to what Micah says Micah chapter 5 and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and majesty of his name the Lord the Lord his God and they shall dwell secure and now how great power to the ends of the earth and he shall be their peace now, now let me tell you what these prophets were saying the coming Messiah was going to be this to God's people he would reign wisely he would be righteous he would help the needy and the poor he would shepherd the flocks and he would give God's people security and peace now when he says shepherd the flocks we are the sheep now what does that mean that means the Jewish nation, the Jewish people, were waiting on a Messiah. 
that would come and rule and reign forever. That would be as Pastor Corey and Josh shared a few moments ago. We've got the names hanging through the church. But see, if the, if the name of a God only becomes something hanging in the church, we've missed it. Because he really is a mighty God. He really is an everlasting Father. He really is the Prince of Peace. How's your peace going? He really is a way maker. He really is a healer. He really is a God who understands when you're hurting. He really is a God that can make a way where there is no way. And yet we wrestle. But the prophet says, and he tells us that this was the Messiah they were waiting on. The problem is the Jews didn't want that kind of Messiah the way Jesus came. Excuse me, I'm a dry preacher. They, they didn't want the, the Messiah we're talking about. They wanted the Messiah to come right now as king. They wanted the Messiah to come with an iron fist. They wanted Rome to look out because their Messiah was coming. In their mind, I suppose they had David as king coming in with mighty warriors showing up and taking over Rome and setting up the throne. And now Israel would be Israel it could be that they were just wanting to get out from underneath the oppression of Rome. And Christ the Messiah was the one who would bring this for them. There had been many false messiahs that had come. Hezekiah, not the same Hezekiah we know, but Hezekiah the brigadon. He was executed by Herod because he came as a messiah. Then there was the son of Judas, the Galilean, who thought he was a messiah. There was a Judas, the brother of Menan who was a Messiah. Then there was the prophet Thaddeus, who thought he was the Messiah. There was an Egyptian Jew who rose up because in their minds, if Rome could be taken over, if the, if the Jews could once again be led out of bondage like Moses led them out of Egypt, then that would be the new Messiah. That is not the Messiah God promises us in his word. But they would continue to rise up. There was another called uh, followers that were led out into the wilderness in the time of Festus. There was one called Simon of Kabak, whose revolt ended in A.D. 135. So it's not, it wasn't strange to see people rising up and trying to be the Messiah they thought the people were looking for, but it never ended well. It just brought death and destruction. By the way, you don't read about them that much in history. <laughs> but if you go to the Library of Congress, there's over 185,000 volumes written about Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's the Messiah. He's still making a difference in the world today. That's why we can't celebrate at something. We need to worship him. And see, when we think about why the Messiah, it's because they weren't the Messiah. And the purpose and the true purpose of the Messiah was not that these false messiahs came wanting not to bring good, but to, to try to come and be the hero. Jesus never came to be the hero. He came to be the sacrifice. He came to pay the price for you and I. Let's talk about this for a few minutes. Because when Jesus 
comes to us as Messiah. He means anointed one. And in the Old Testament, as we'll see in the New, the Messiah represents three functions in the office of ministry that I want to look at very quickly. The prophet, the king, and the priest. It has to be all of those or it can be none. The Messiah could not come in one of those functions. He had to come in all of those functions. So what does this mean for us today? This anointed one who represents all of these offices, the first, the Messiah, Jesus, came to be a prophet. Moses even speaks of him in Deuteronomy 18. He said, the Messiah, the Lord your God, will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers, but you must listen to him. I said this a few weeks ago, that there's this... um, little bit of confusion about what the gift of the prophetic really means in the body of Christ and and for us fluidly throughout the body of Christ the gift of prophecy and when the Bible encourages us to prophesy to one another it's that's really encouraging one another it doesn't mean that God can't give you a word it just means that when I see you be nice when I see you just God I've not seen Corey in a while what can I say that'll make his day Bless you, brother. Go Skins. We're both Redskin fans. We, we pray and talk to each other every Sunday. There's been a lot of prayer this, this, this year. <clears throat> but but I'm, I'm, I'm always praying. Now, do we get it right? No. We don't get it right a lot. I say a lot of things I have to, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the gift of prophecy that I'm talking about is, is what's missing in our culture today. Because we have, we've allowed ourselves to only, only follow the prophetic that's telling us how great it's going to be. How wonderful everything's going to be. Now when the Lord comes and when this world is renewed and it's a new heaven and a new earth, believe me, it's going to be a wonderful thing. But if you think for one second we can't get there without dealing with our sin issue you are mistaken and we've taken the sin issue out of our conversation we've taken the sin issue out of our out of our walk with God we're not sinners we're just broken I'm not I'm not mean I've just got refocused emotions I'm not a crook I just take different We've stopped calling sin, sin. And, and people help us. We, we don't want to hurt each other's feelings. We, we live in a culture, I've talked about this, and I don't want to get lost here, but we live in what they call a post-truth culture. We're, we're way past your truth can be your truth, and my truth can be my truth, and their truth can be their truth. We're way past that. Post-truth says, I've got my truth, I'll make it up as I go, and you'll have to accept it. Because I can watch the news station I want and hear what I want and believe what I want and you've got to accept it. That's why there's about six different news stations. Hello. Everybody in here watches your favorite one. Amen. Do they all agree with each other? Oh, me? No. I say that because we have in us the capabilities of gravitating 
toward the things that we want to be true. Here's why you need a Messiah. He is true. And when you decide to, to allow yourself to build your life on truth, you can't just build on your foundation and hope it works. You have to build on his foundation. And so the Messiah comes to us, and Moses tells us, you will have a prophet that comes. Listen to him. He is truth. Listen to him. When Jesus fed the 5,000 in John chapter 6 with five loaves and two fishes, the men that day stood back and said, truly, this Jesus is the Messiah. They, they didn't say Jesus is Jesus. There was a lot of people named Jesus. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus was just the name Joshua or Joseph. It, it, it was just like, a, not a regular name maybe, but a very common name. Any good Jew would have a son probably named Jesus. What made him different is when you say he is the Christ. This Jesus is the Christ. This Savior is the one. That's what it meant. That's why when these men stood back and said, this Jesus is the Christ. That's why in the book of Acts, Paul, Paul tell, or Peter backs up and tells us powerfully in the book of Acts repent therefore and turn back your sins may they be blotted out at the times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord and he may send the Christ the Messiah the appointed one for you Jesus whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophet long ago Moses said God will raise up a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him whatever he tells you. He's just repeating what Moses said out of Deuteronomy. That's why when Peter introduces Jesus as the prophet, the first thing he says is repent. Now this is not hard. It can be. It can be difficult. But here's what it means. When the, when the authority shows up, whatever he says, start moving in that direction. That's, that's really all it means. We, we live in a culture that says move in your own direction. God understands. Move in the direction you want to. There's grace. But see, that's called cheap grace. That's called we hear God's voice, but we still move in our own direction, and we hope God understands. Listen, I, I just want to encourage you. I'm, I'm speaking... I'm not even yelling. Can I get an amen? I'm just speaking from my heart. When he speaks, please listen. And if he says go to the right, repent and go to the right. If he says go to the, go to the left and you've been going to the right, repent and go to the left. If you've been living a lifestyle and he says that's not, that's not what I've called you to do. Now, how do we know these things? First of all, we know these things by living in community, but we know these things by getting in the Word of God. Living in the Word of God. Why? Because that's His Word. That's how we hear Him speak so many times. And, and I'm just encouraging you because the first thing, the Messiah, why the Messiah? Because we need a prophetic voice, and He is the prophet. He's our prophet. The, the second thing we see very quickly, though, is that the Messiah, Jesus, came as our King. 
How many kings do you know that are disobeyed? Now here's the beautiful thing about King Jesus. He's not looking to execute anyone. Now most kings in that day, we'll look at this in just a moment, they, they were used to kings that came in physical stature. That's why they wanted their Messiah to show up and be a king and have an army and throw down with the enemy. But you have to understand that when you look for a king for that reason, don't think for one minute that that king won't turn back around and demand something from you. That was the first thing that, that happened when they said, hey, we want a king. And God said, okay, give him one. But just help them understand that what they think they want is not what they're going to get. Anybody ever pray for God to give you something and you got it? <laughs> I want a king that loves me. I want a king that understands. I want a king that makes a way. Listen to a few of these things because they had their idea of what a king was. But listen, here's what they said was. He said that there's a king that, that, are, that they're coming and they're the kind of kings that will break you down. Here's the kind of kings they were used to. There was Augustus, the emperor of Rome. He was the first emperor of Rome and he was taught that he was a god. Tiberius, the Roman emperor during Jesus' ministry, he was influenced by bad advisors and he put to death many of his rivals. Why? Because whenever you get threatened, you just kill things. Herod the Great was the merciless ruler in the time of Israel. He led Israel in some great building projects, but his jealousy of his position led to even murdering his own sons. He was the one that had the babies slaughtered at the time of Jesus' birth because he was making sure that there was no king before him. There was one named Herod Antipas. He's the one that killed John the Baptist. Archelaus, Philip, these were all sons of Herod. Now I say that because the fleshly kings and leadership that we think will change our life and change the world, that's not the king you need. I encourage you to vote. We have a democracy. Vote, vote, vote. But if you think for one minute the next president or the next congressman or the next senator is going to change your life, that's not the king you're looking for. Now, I, I pray, you know, I think sometimes wrongfully we just start thinking, man, if we could just get good Christians in the White House, that you better remind yourself that all of sin and come short of the glory of God. You need to remind yourself that our hearts are wickedly deceitful. You need to remind yourself that, that just like you get hungry when you get power, and just like we do silly things when we get an opportunity, so will the next president or the next senator or the next leader. That's not the king you need. So when he comes as Messiah, he comes... He comes as our king. But then lastly, he comes as a priest. Now what does this mean? In the Old Testament, a priest, one of the main issues the priest dealt with was making a sacrifice. And once a year, he would make the sacrifice for your sin. 
It would not wash your sin away, but it would cover your sin, the blood of bull and goats. But Hebrews tells us that the blood of bulls and goats was not, was not enough. It would do it, but it had to happen all the time. Why? Because we're good at what we do, sinning. So the sacrifice had to be continually made. And can I just stop here for a second? <laughs> we live in a culture. I'm picking a little bit here. That's all right. It's only 11. I'm doing really good. I'm closer to being over than you think. Um, see, for me to even make that statement that we're good at sinning, I don't, I don't want you to be insulted by that. I need you to embrace it. Because as soon as you realize how messed up you are, you'll know that you need a Savior. It's when I start feeling, I got this. Look out. Because that, that's when pride starts to creep in. I'm, I'm good, but look at them. I've got this together, but, but old brother. We all get that way. We get that way with what we own. We get that way with what we have. We get that way with what we drive. We get that way with our position. We get that way with our finances. And, and it's, it's amazing how we start looking at people differently rather than we're all sinners needing a Savior. So when we say that Messiah came as a priest, we're, we're understanding that that sacrifice, that wasn't if it needed to be made, it had to be made. But the New Testament tells us that the blood of bulls and goats just, just didn't cut it. So what did Jesus do? Jesus did not come as a high priest to offer a sacrifice. Jesus came as the high priest to be the sacrifice. What love. That he would leave his throne and come to us. I've shared this before. There's an old song written many years ago. It says, the gulf that separated you from Christ, my Lord. It was so vast. The distance was so vast. I could never get there. Because of what we've done, we deserve to die. But because he loved us so, he came to me. When I could not get to where he was, he came to me. Because he knew I needed a priest. He knew I needed a king. He knew I needed a savior. He knew I couldn't make it on my own. It, it was almost as if, it was almost as if God somehow was saying, and, and Dr. Gucci shared it this morning. You know, we get in all these good debates on Calvinism and Armenianism. You know, I don't care if you think your eyes were open or if God just shows you. The bottom line is, we're all broken and depraved without him. And until we understand that we need that Savior, it's not that we can make it on our own. It's that he came to us. Now, here's the beautiful thing. We celebrate. And listen, we're, we're going to celebrate. We're having a Christmas Eve service. And, and I'm pretty sure he really wasn't born on the 25th. But we're, we're going to do it on the 24th anyway. You know why? Because that's a great time. Because the rest of the world is celebrating something. 
we might as well point them to Jesus. The, the rest of the world is celebrating something. Point them to Jesus Christ any way you can. But let's make sure we don't miss the Messiah. I, we can't afford to miss the Messiah. I'm going to close with this passage out of Matthew chapter 16. <clears throat> Pastor Corey opened up a scripture this morning, actually. It was Jesus with his disciples, and as he, as he stood with his disciples, he was saying, who, who do men say that I am? You see, when, when the kings of that day would put their rivals to death, Jesus allowed himself to be put to death. And when the kings of that day listened to bad advisors, Jesus listened to his heavenly father. When the kings of that day killed you because they were suspicious, Jesus gave, forgave you when you were guilty. The kings built buildings, Jesus made disciples. The kings abused power, Jesus used power for others. The kings let their kingdoms represent who they were, and now they no longer exist. But Jesus built a kingdom that would never fail. So he looks at the disciples and says, who do men say that I am? And the disciples do what a lot of us do. They make Jesus who they want Jesus to be. Some say you're Elijah. You see, that would, that would fit. If I'm a good, believing Jew, I'll lean that way. See, we even have the propensity to be able to make Jesus who we need Jesus to be. Can I get a witness? Oh, but Jesus backs up when Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. That's when Jesus says, yeah, you didn't figure that out on your own, Peter. But I'll bet you this morning that God wants to reveal that to you in a very new way. Because if you're sitting here this morning and you're wrestling with anything in your life, you really don't have to. Now, that doesn't mean that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, there's no more suffering. That, that happens when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. What that does mean is in this life, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In this life, you're going to experience loss. In this life, you're going to experience pain. But there's something about knowing in whom we believe that he's the Messiah, not just Jesus that has become our glorified Santa Claus. And we hope he answers our prayer. Lord, I'm trying to be good, so please answer my prayer. No, that's hoping Santa gives you what you want for Christmas. Here's, here's what the Messiah means. God, you've already paid the price of your son, Jesus Christ. I will trust in you. And I'm worshiping you today because no matter what I'm going through, I know you'll make a way. I know, matter, I know no matter what I'm facing relationally, in my finances, in my business, they may, my business may fold, but God will make a new business. My life may be falling all apart around me, but can I just encourage you to stand still and know that he is the Lord? Quit moving around. Quit getting so distracted by all the lights. Am I making sense? Um, 
Friday night. And Emily, if you'll please come. We'll just, if Emily will just come, we're going to pray in just a moment. <clears throat> and Emily, if you'll just play softly, oh, come, let us adore you. <laughs> at, at Regent, CBN has built this wonderful little city. I mean, it's, it's incredible. So we took our grandchildren over there Friday night. Humongous mistake. There's so many lights. You just walk around in a daze for 30 minutes. There's lights and bells and whistles and tents. And, and it's powerful. It's wonderful. They've got a beautiful nativity scene. Big star hanging over the nativity scene. They were doing the nativity and acting it out about every 30 minutes, every hour. But there were so many lights and rides. that by the time we went through the entire scenario, we stood in one line with some of the children for about 40 minutes to go down a 30-second slide. And then we stood in line for about an hour. This is not a complaint. This is life. Okay? This is your life. We spent about an hour standing in line to go on a two-minute Ferris wheel ride. And we spent a minute watching the nativity. So you're going to do one of two things this season. You're going to worship somewhere, or you're going to worship someone. Will it be the Messiah? Because not only did he ask Peter and the disciples, but he's asking us this morning, who do we say that he is? Is he another attraction? Is he another stop in this busy season? And see, I, I'm, I'm really wrestling with don't miss the reason for the season. We've said that so much, we miss the reason we say it. It's awesome. I just, I just want us to softly just sing this. And this is very, very different. But just like that night when the shepherds were told of the good news, and they came to the manger, and they just began to worship. Here's how I'd like to close, and I'm, I'm going to pray in a few moments, but before we do, I just want us to sing this song, sing this chorus a few times. But as we do, I, I just wonder if like the shepherds, or if you picture something in your life or whatever it may be, I don't want you to feel coerced. This isn't, does not prove your spirituality. But I just wonder what it would be like to come and worship. Come and kneel down at the manger, knowing he's not a baby, but he's a risen Lord. Knowing that he's not just Jesus, listen, he's Jesus Christ. Prophet, priest, and king. So as we sing, let's just worship him together. And if you'd like, just come down and kneel and let's just worship him for a moment before we close. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to hear more, you can find our entire archive on our website at graceriverva.com. 
Also, if this message has touched you in any way, we would love to connect with you. Do this by filling out a connection card at graceriverva.com connect. From all of us at Grace River Church, have a blessed day.